I'm Natalie Mills. And I'm Sarah Stark. And you are listening to The Lumpy Mother, the podcast where we show up for our kids by showing up for ourselves. And as an important reminder, we are not experts. We're just two best (laughs) friends and moms who love learning and laughing together. I have two kids. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And then I have four kids. I have an eight-year-old daughter and three sons who are eight, six, and two. So if you want to know, you're not the only parent who is so swamped by everything that you can't put your best foot forward at any one project because you're attending to emotional needs of a three-year-old. Does that, <laughs> that work? Good too. <laughs> then you have come to the right space. The way this works is each week, Natalie and I will have a yes, a no, and a hello In other words, something good, something bad, and something random that has to do with what's on our minds after another week surviving parenthood. Sarah and I have a feeling you'll be able to relate to our experiences. If you can relate, if you can't relate, if you just want to say hi, email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we want to know what you think about the topics we cover. Okay. Yay! Yay! This is our 20th episode. I am so excited. That I'm so glad that you brought that up because I kept thinking in my head we got to celebrate that a little bit and then I yes. forgot. So, well, what I've been thinking so about right. this week with the 20th episode is you know how before we started the podcast we we're always like, um, I love it's like we never finish our conversations and I think this is just proof that you know I don't think we ever will in a very good way. Like we have 20 hours plus of nonstop <laughs> conversations, not it's including so the things we haven't edited out. <laughs> And I love it. I'm so Which glad is to be probably doing this with you. Un- <laughs> I I am so glad to be doing this with you. I bet all the stuff we've edited out comes to about ten to twelve hours on top at least. of our <laughs> because I mean it usually ends up being like two to two and a half hours long our recording <laughs> sessions. Um, I know, not anymore. We've gotten better. We have gotten better. <laughs> but if we wanted to, we could easily make it stretch to three or four hours. Oh, easily. But we have yes. children, children to manage. So, Well, I feel like in the beginning, we were like, it felt like a big deal to make it to 20 episodes. There were certain things we were saying, like, it will be, it will feel really official once we hit 20 episodes. That's like 20 yes. regular, you know, um, dependable scheduled i just i think Every tw- I, 20 feels week. like a big number it is a big yeah. number and think of all the things just in since january um you got covid i had oh yeah surgery um surgery. and then just like our regular life things of yeah you know and then we did it every single week and that is no small feat so i'm proud of us it's so true i am too i'm unbelievably proud of us so yeah all Oof. right you are up first this week. So what do you have for your yes? Excuse me. <laughs> this is the I burp episode. What is happening? This is the burp episode. Oh, God, it tastes awful. <laughs> Tell me about your yes. Well, my yes actually kind of fits into celebrating our 20th episode. Because Yay. 
I think having kids have taught me just how capable I am and that I'm more than capable of accomplishing my goals and just diving into something. And I'm Mm -hmm. kind of talking about that a lot this episode Um, because kids are just so hard and you have to show up every day, every single day and put your best foot forward or else you're going to have terrible guilt <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, consequences. Uh, not, that, not that guilt is the reason I try to be a good parent, but I guess it kind of kind of helps. right? <laughs> it's um, a motivating factor. Yeah, it's a motive, you know, as well as as joy and uh, love. No, it's all about guilt. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, yeah, guilt has a lot more to do with it than I realize. Maybe we, I should thank my guilt because it, it keeps me in the game some days. It's like, don't yell, you will feel guilty. <laughs> very, very good, guilty. That's yeah. so funny. Um, as long as it's not shame, right? Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, but I've just been thinking a lot about that. Um you know, not sleeping, showing up every day, mm-hmm. ha- having empathy for a toddler is hard because you can't think about what they're upset about. You have to think about where they are and the underlying meaning or else you'll get so frustrated. And I think that's mm-hmm. like a good lesson for life is to not allow people to walk all, all over you or scream at you like a having when they have a toddler tantrum but maybe separating yourself from their feelings a little bit and seeing what's underneath those feelings um i think that's been huge for me handling life (laughs) i think Um, that like when it comes to being capable of doing something parenting is something you're just like thrown into you know so it doesn't necessarily matter how much you think you've prepared by reading books or whatever else it's just like you are thrown into it and you Mm -hmm. you kind of choose to succeed at it you know and so before I would have I was like a very in some ways I'd have a very controlled set of things I would do before I'd feel comfortable diving into something Mm -hmm. um but that's not how you learn. Like um, I was just just reading recently and, and Bill Gates said success is a terrible teacher. You know, mistakes oh. are really where you learn. And that's what we want to teach our kids, too. And in parenthood, you're immediately like nothing is what I thought it was. Everything is going to, you know, way down below. I think that's a great point. <laughs> We so the boys are doing baseball and we were at oh my friend Brittany her engagement party and so um, I was talking to her dad about something just with the sports thing and he was and I was saying you know um, the boys are going to be practicing a lot with Nick because you know some kids are natural sports and our kids are really good at certain things when it comes to baseball they're really fast but we need to practice things like catching and throwing and all that and he made a great point he was like the kids who sometimes need a little bit extra help are usually the ones that end up doing the best in the long run because they have to work the hardest for it kids who are like naturally athletic and he has done his so Brittany's brother plays college football I mean they are like a sports family so so it was really encouraging hearing that from him and that standpoint just like listen this when 
when your kids have to work harder for something, it makes them better at it. It's not like like what that quote you were just saying that it, the, that success they don't have the natural talent wasn't handed to them. They have to work at it, which means that they're going to learn more and be better yes. at it. And so mm-hmm. it was really. But I think that that's exactly with parenting too you know i don't know anyone who was like motherhood came natural to me in every (laughs) single aspect i think all of us struggle (laughs) on some part yeah even if some of it was easy for you that doesn't i can't believe that every single part of being a parent would be easy for anyone so you know we work at it and that makes us a better human being and a better parent yes and and well that's just it too because being a good parent means being a good parent uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, it does. You're right. That was so uh, deep, know? Sarah. That was, uh, gosh, my. I'm just really thinking that here. That touched you know? me in my soul. I'm glad you recognized. I'm glad you recognized my depth. <laughs> <laughs> being a good parent means you have working on being the best person you can. Because in the end, a good parent is trying to raise a good person. But mm. the way you do that is being my, a good example and a good person yourself and not yeah. reacting, you know, or it's showing like modeling the coping skills. I've had to learn so many more coping skills oh, yes. as a parent than I ever did before, which helps me mm-hmm. feel more confident in my ability to cope with whatever comes my way with my dreams, with my different yeah. separate uh, desires, which leads to the podcast. I, there was definitely some hesitation, and that's one great mm-hmm. thing about having you as a friend, Natalie, is you are a doer. You don't have to have everything <laughs> perfectly in line. You're like, okay, we're just going to do it, and we just – and that's what we did with the podcast, too, and we it jumped is. in, and this itself has given me more confidence just to be oh, like, good. I'm putting myself out there, and people are listening to me for some reason, and yeah. then, not for some reason, <laughs> obviously. So many great things to hear now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, parenthood is a great teacher. Maybe that's like the overarching point yeah. of my yes. And I'm learning yeah, I think, so much and I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. the things that we're learning in parenthood can be applied to a lot of aspects of our lives. Yes. You know, and absolutely. So I think that that's and just so true. The, the relentlessness of it too, I think teaches you how much grit you have and how strong you are. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it's like, it's so hard. <laughs> it's the by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, all uh, right. That was guess? beautiful. All right. Yeah. So all of my things this week are basically just stories. Well, actually, my no, it does. I did actually put a little bit of research into it. But um, <laughs> other than that, there's just a lot of like circumstantial things that are happening in our home right now. So the kids are on summer break officially. They've been out for yeah. three weeks now. So we've we're, but the problem is that I my I'm crazy work for another week so it's like summer does not truly start for us until my big event at work is done and then we officially get started Mm -hmm. but um we have found a few times because we live in an area not only are we close to lake michigan which has really beautiful beaches but our town has a ton of we have two major lakes but then i mean there's ponds and there's water everywhere in our area yeah and so we have a little local beach that is really beautiful and it's perfect for young kids so 
We've been out twice so far. And what's really been great this year is because um, Charlie is older now, so we can have fun at the beach again. You know, when I was. Yeah. Because the year before he was born in May. So that first summer that we had him two years ago, it's just like he's a newborn and it's so hot outside that I just wasn't always comfortable taking him out to the totally. beach you know and or then if he's last... even sitting or whatever they just eat yes, sand exactly <laughs> it's terrible it, yeah for everybody. they sit in their car seat which is like it just contains all of that heat and yeah i don't i i was not great at breastfeeding i didn't like to do it in public because i struggled through it so much so if he was hungry you have to keep milk cold or it's just a whole thing but yes. um, and then last year because of covid it we just kind of stayed home even though the beach is in public we didn't want to be in groups of people last summer. So mm-hmm. yes. we didn't do any beach really last year there. So this year it's just like we've been twice and it's just been awesome. This The water is super shallow. So the kids just like they swim, they Perfect. go crazy. We have a, I mean, we have a giant bag. They kind of know the routine because before Charlie, we would go a few times a week um, pretty regularly. Just, you know. It's just so easy. Everyone grabs a snack before we walk out the door. Everyone has their water bottles and they just go to town and we can sit there for like three hours easily. And um, I sit in a chair and they just play. (laughs) So I'll bring a book or I'll bring a magazine and they entertain themselves. And it's so beautiful. It's so funny because while you were doing your yes, I'm you know, we record in the closet. And Nick is finally done with uh, he's done for the summer. So he came to our last one and he like wouldn't wear his swimsuit because I don't think he could find it, which was the kids like to swim with us every so often. And I'm sitting here and I literally just it's on the floor. It was in a big pile of laundry (laughs) that so as we were talking, I was like, what is this old Navy tag? Oh, it's Nick's swimsuit that he is literally never Perfect. worn. His most recent one. His old one. It's okay. That I'm he recording in front of an old toddler mattress <laughs> in my closet. I, I don't even know why that it's in here. But it, it probably helps the sound. <laughs> Actually, that's probably true. Uh, so, so that's why I, I haven't think, moved it. I'm like, well, it can't hurt anything. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, Nick's last one he had it worn for like 10 years in the elastic. You know what I mean? Like it it was one bad cannonball away from just him being naked in Publix. Oh, One wait. bad cannonball. <laughs> so we uh, we took care of that situation, but then we didn't go to the beach last year, so he's literally never worn it. Anyways, that was not the point of this. It's just like... I I love beach days are one of my favorite parts of the summer because they're just now that Charlie is two, they're just so much easier. Yes. And um, the kids catch snails. They end up with bucketfuls of snails and they caught fish the last time we were with their I bare hands. Learned, what? Yeah. Your kids catch fish with their bare hands. That's never happened before, but this last time it did. There are, you know, I that's kind of how we that's grew amazing. up, too. Just I'm like, like impressed. Right. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I know. No, they just they love catching nature things. Any frogs. uh, Ava's done a lot of lizards before when we're like hiking and stuff. And so they're just they're really into. I love how into nature my kids are. Yeah. Yes. What were you? I just learned. Oh, I just learned a not a fun fact about snails, but (laughs) apparently. So we um, toured where Evie's going to go to preschool and this is really Uh lovely a place. But the teacher was telling me that the snail like slime is really hard to get off your hands. And I had no idea. 
And that kind of grosses me out now. So so yeah. when they find snails, they just look like shells. And then you have to look oh. for a certain thing to tell you if there's a snail in the shell or not. Oh. So our trick is that we, we get one bucket. They designate a snail bucket. And then you put a little bit of sand in there. And as they sit in the bucket, they'll like slowly come out of their shell. And oh, then because cool. of the sand, you can see all of their trails as they travel oh. around the bucket. So oh, I love that. That's times- perfect because they're not in their hands. Well, the snails exactly. and slugs out here are you well you've seen the video I yes, sent you. They're it was huge. like a snake. Some of them oh, get to be it, like a foot long. It's why and I and you so said Harrison gross. loved that video, but yes. yeah. So <laughs> Oh, no, I don't think we'd be I don't maybe they'd be really into it, but I would not mm-hmm. probably let mm-hmm. them pick that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just thinking there about were that times snailing. Ava was like the snail master for a few years before Charlie was born, and she could catch almost 30 of them. So we'd have a bucket of like 30 snails. I know. It was crazy. Girl after my own heart. I love that. Right? It's awesome. But yeah, so this time, I mean, they do sandcastles. We call Charlie the... what do we call him? Oh, the baby dragon. Because then he, of course, tries to stomp on all the sandcastle cities that they make. And so, um, oh, that's so it's perfect. just like, oh, that's a good idea so to turn fun. that into a game. I'll, I'll call Franklin the baby yeah. dragon, too. Yeah, to see? <laughs> Maybe it'll help things. But uh, yeah, it's just like it feels like a true sign of summer once we're going to the beach regularly. Yes. And we always do one big cookout with, well, usually because we all live, my sisters and family all live in this area, I'll like send out a big text to everyone in the morning and just say, we're going to be there. And some sometimes people show up and it's awesome. Oh, it's that's awesome, a nice but... way of doing it, too. Yeah. So that's my yes is just like the it's beach time. We're so ready for it. It's been a lot of fun already. And we have a ton more of summer ahead of us. So yay. So lovely. It's weird out here in the Pacific Northwest because Mm -hmm. people say they're going to the beach. But it is the opposite of the beach I grew up with because it's to the Pacific Ocean. The I call it the coast. I separate the two because to me, a beach is warm. Yes. And you and go sandy. swimming and you yeah. wear swimsuits. Um, but the coast is like, it's beautiful and stunning, but it's windy I and bet. cold. And mm-hmm. you go swimming. Kids, there's always kids in shorts out there. It's amazing because kids are kids. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go swimming if it, the no, ocean's so same. cold here. So, but it's, it, I get be, so confused. That would be a like really going, weird adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to the beach this weekend, and I don't know. But it's only, Everyone like, packed. people who've lived here longer to call it the beach, but people who have... This has been my oh. observation. People who um, haven't been here in longer seem to call it, as long seem to call it the coast. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, That's I my don't observation. Think I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I don't think I'd call it the beach if I was, like, had to pack extra layers for everyone and... Then yeah, no, that doesn't. Seem oh, it's as a much. wonderful getaway. It's absolutely great. I bet. But it, it's, I, to me, I it's, bet not it's so beach. gorgeous. Not, yeah. yeah. Nope, I understand. And so, totally. But some days in the summer are really nice, and you can sit out, but you're still probably gonna want to bring a sweater just in case, you know. <laughs> yeah. When I, uh, I think it was when I worked at camp, maybe in like central southernish Indiana, um, and at college, this would happen too. When I went to college, people would not understand when I would try to describe to them Lake Michigan beaches, you know, because 
to them it's a lake and it doesn't seem like a very fancy or nice thing or whatever you know what i mean yeah um and so i it was camp because then there was a long weekend and everybody like a group of friends we all drove up and um they, I remember they were just like astonished because it was kind of like the ocean. Because it, yeah, uh, ex- aside so from big. the salt water, it is. The Great they expected yeah. to be able to see across it. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. <laughs> so, it's so it funny just, how everyone has different yeah. ideas of a beach and a lake and a yeah, or even rivers. And, rivers always shock me at how big they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because so they look so small on a map. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my yes. What's your no? for today um my know is that parenting is a long game a very very long game it's just so hard every single day to show up and do what you know will pay off in the long run Mm -hmm. and not immediately (laughs) like instant gratification is the opposite of what your kids need Yeah, But it means that you have to go through, I think especially in the toddler years, as we've kind of hit on, you know, you have to go through like three years of really difficult time of setting boundaries and showing what's okay and what's not. So that hopefully the rest of their childhood, they at least have an idea of where those boundaries are and how consistent you are, etc. I don't know, maybe I'm putting too much pressure on myself, but it's just been really tough. And, no, it's a hundred percent. This no. is a thing. <laughs> For and real. so just like every day having the energy to make the decision to set a boundary and deal with a tantrum, thinking about how it'll pay off in the long run, mm-hmm. <laughs> like setting routines and not allowing certain behaviors. And yeah, it's exhausting because these little people, they don't know how to be people. Which is what I'm learning. Or maybe we just all made up so many weird rules about being people and they're the natural people and we've messed it all up. I don't know which it is. No. Probably not. Or else everyone would be. Their brains are still developing. So we're definitely not going to count them as the final. Good. Yeah. Final stage of people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They are the beginning stages for a reason. Thank you. (laughs) Clarity. You're welcome. Clarity. Okay. Long game, long game. Another reason it's a very long game is their brain isn't even capable of like yes. following these directions until they're like, I guess I heard a recently a statistic from um, an expert in my life that I know, um, a child expert. She said, um, it's not until five that kids can really start to regulate their emotions. And I'm like, I haven't two years. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Um, but their brains can't really... They can't, they need you to co-regulate basically yeah. until they're five. And and yeah. I think that's what it is, is like always being the calm to your child's storm is really, really difficult mm. um, so that they can oh. eventually learn to be their own calm. It's tough. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it, <gasps> it feels so easy when they are like exciting themselves or like hyping themselves up in anger or whatever else it is it is so easy for me to like meet that level of emotion but yes. mine is always anger it's like i mean usually if my kids are having a tantrum or there's also anger <laughs> but like i just it is so easy for me to meet that level instead of being staying calm i have recently gotten a little bit better about this but 
Um, or for but, me, and, it's just like, yeah. uh, another one. Like, like that's yes. hard not for me to make that sigh instead of be yes. validating and like stern, yeah. but not too stern. And I don't know. I, I feel like I remember realizing at some point when Ava was in that toddler phase that like, wait a second, it's going to suck now. But if I don't stand my ground with these things or if I give into it, she, all I'm teaching her is that she gets what she wants when she yes. screams at me like this. And so, Charlie, we're kind of starting this a little bit. And he is, for the most part, a very good baby, but he wants to eat all of the time. And he started <laughs> to not eat like meals. He does not eat a ton of meals anymore, but he wants to snack all day long. And we have yes. a that's what Effie is like too. She won't eat dinner lately. It's been tough. Yeah, it's but. so weird. And we have a really strict snack schedule. So he, like there he's not getting six snacks a day. He's getting two snacks a day. The yeah. problem is that um daddy is now home for the summer and <laughs> we every year there's a week or two that we have to adjust to all being home together. And it's always real rough. And so we are yeah. in the middle of that right now because yes. it's like I've spent nine months while he's working, getting certain systems in place with our home and the kids. And then all of a sudden, Nick started giving Charlie an, a snack anytime he got even a little bit complainy. And I was just and so we had an argument because I was like, first off, I'm not going to pay to keep like groceries are expensive. <laughs> you can't just. Yeah. And secondly, that is not the solution to him. Well, being then you turn anyway. in. No, you turn into the snack yeah. machine, and you will be running to the pantry yes. every two seconds, and it's exhausting, exactly. and you can't get anything done. I know yeah, it seems like just a little thing to someone who doesn't stay home with kids. I think yes, potentially, but it's not a little it's thing. Hu- no, it's huge. It um, is because we do the same thing where we have an adjustment period. If I solo parent. I get really into systems and this is how everything worked. And so Ben comes home and he means well and he's trying to help. But I end up being like, no, I'm putting her like he's like one time he was he was like, "Um, I can put Evie to bed. I was like, no, it took all week (laughs) for me to get her to bed. (laughs) Like that sounds like so thoughtful if you're just an outside person. But as someone who's been struggling all week to get her into bed, this is not going to work into a system that's been working. Yes. Um, exactly. And, and so, like, that's why I just do bedtimes with Evie because I got her into a routine and it's working. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather and have that than the break of not having to do bedtime. Well, and then which, having I mean, to I go would like also rather have. <laughs> but having to go back to that routine would be twice as hard yes. because they've yes no absolutely you're so structure oriented at this age i mean yep just any little change even if i have to get up from our because we're co-sleeping right now because bedtime's been so rough if i have Mm -hmm. to get up because i forgot something downstairs for bedtime the whole routine Mm -hmm. is off and it's going to be a terrible night it's like it's just amazing how especially when she's tired yeah Mm -hmm. all right you (laughs) ready yes what's your know all right. So my no is something that we have been so, so, so bad at in our house lately. Yes. We have been eating in front of the TV every <laughs> night for yeah. probably a month and a half. And it is something that I always swore I would not do with my family. It's one of those things that I was like, we will eat at the table every night, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was but, like an important um, standard that you're going to yes. have to go. Yeah. That's yeah, tough. It was because... Growing up, we ate in front of the, or we ate 
at the table every night. And yes. those were a big deal. I have a lot of really awesome memories with Me my too. family from eating at the table. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, OK, so I my goal is to eat at the table. I don't know why does it feel so much easier in that moment just to like because we even have a little like Mickey Mouse folding table that sits in the living room every so often so the kids have a little table in there and then we turn the tv on and it's been so bad lately and i don't mind that every so often i definitely think that like i'm not going to hold myself to the expectation that every single night of for the rest of our lives need to be in the dining room but i need at least half of them to be just so that because after we do it i'm i have more quality time with my kids then and if i set that standard now it will only be easier when they're teenagers you know and i think it's going to be harder when they're teenagers because things they're going to be in sports or clubs or whatever else and you don't have as much time to sit around the table all of these things so um so it's just like this new after next week, next week's crazy or next week is very busy. But after next week, we're going to try and start um, at least half of the week, half of the nights. Yeah. I just want to be and around the to table together. Yourself, you know, you're in a very you are unbelievably busy with a huge event at your church. Yes. And so, I mean, this couple of weeks, that's what I've kind of been telling myself with like Evie in recovering from surgery. Like, OK, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Yes, we're definitely not up to where I want to be, but I have to take into context the environment right now. Yeah, and my absolutely. Own and so that just brings yes. brings the standards down for. A, and but I try to remind my member like it's just a moment, but it's so hard because you're like I can see this is not good for everybody. I know it's yeah. not, and it's not where and I, I want to be. <laughs> yes, so. and I can tell that when we have not sat around the table in a while, my kids like table manners are significantly different. Just being able to like sit and eat meals with you it's so weird how like the differences because we had dinner with my mom last week and uh, you know I can just tell that they have not sat at a table together like as a family and forever and we have great table conversation I mean it's not like it's because it's weird or boring we have awesome yeah like I love those those dinners together so so to help my to help like convince myself a little bit I I looked it up because I know that there's a ton of research out there about why it's good to eat at the table together and it was interesting because a lot of the things that I was finding was stressing the importance of eating together um, and I think it's because, like I said, when kids get older, like life is so busy sometimes. And so then in my head, I was like, well, we're technically together, but we're not having. And sometimes like if we're watching Nailed It, that baking show on Netflix, we're having conversation. So we do have conversation, but it is not the same. So yeah. what I found and actually some of the things surprised me. It wasn't the stuff that I would have expected to see. Um, Ooh, but interesting. So there was one, this is from a website called thescramble.com, and it said that according to the National Center of Ad- on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University, um, kids and teens who share family dinners three or more times a week. And see, share family dinners, because that's why I, you know, I can't tell if we we might count for that, even though we're not at a table. We are eating together. You know, it's not like the kids eat at one time and then we eat later. But excuse me, regardless, it says that they um, kids and teens who eat together three times a week or more are less likely to be overweight, 
are more likely to eat healthy food. Um, they will perform better academically, um, are less likely to engage in risky behaviors such as um, drugs or alcohol at a young age, and they have a better relationship with their parents, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then there were a few of these things that I found on multiple lists because I looked up a few different websites and some of the repeating ones. So this this other one was called it's a website called goodnet.org. And um, one of the things that they had was better family relationships. So um, it, they did a study at Columbia University, which is the same that substance abuse. And it said that teenagers said they consider talking, catching up and spending, spending time with family members as the best part of family dinner. 71% of mm-hmm. teenagers that they surveyed said wow. that. Wow. That's really so amazing. The healthier, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, healthier food choices. This was another really big one that I had not actually thought about, but it was basically just talking about how if you eat dinner with your family at a table or even just together instead of doing something like eating out or trying to eat on the run, you are making healthier food choices because you're more likely to have fruits and vegetables. Like the kids are more likely to have fruits and vegetables. So um, it, and the other point that this one made was like that if you're sitting around a table or if you're eating together, you, it allows a place to have discussions of nutrition and like, why we need certain healthy foods in our bodies to do certain things, you know, yes. that kind of stuff. Um, so then this one I really liked. It was um, a report by CASA, which is the I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but it's oh, I yeah, court appointed special advocate. So it's oh, like okay. a, it's being advocated. So, most places probably teenagers. have a CASA. Then. I forgot. <laughs> but, I yeah, I think that. it's a national. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but. It said that um, teens who have between five and seven family dinners a week were twice as likely to report receiving mostly A's and B's at school compared to teens who had fewer than three family dinners a week. Um, And then it said, in addition, only 9% of teens who ate frequently with their families did poorly in school, according to that report, which felt like that's amazing. So um, another point was that they get to explore new foods, which was good, I thought and then um this one this one made me giggle a little bit um it said that it led to greater happiness okay <laughs> so and it laughed yeah, because, how do you like, measure that <laughs> yes exactly but also you know when i'm stressed out happiness is something being easy and th- this is okay here's my yes. internal dialogue is that why is it easier for me to make the same meal and give it in the same dishes to the same people and sit in a different room than sit at the dining room. Sometimes I think it's because our dining room is like a catch all for all the weird stuff that like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's just because I don't want to take the time. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take the time to clear off the table maybe, but it's just like, why am I, it shouldn't actually be easier. It's just, you know, anyway. So, well, it's probably not, for me, it would be every, every for well, you have some older kids, but um, for me, it, it would absolutely be the not having to like talk to my kids because <laughs> they're, well, they're entertained for you, and I can just space yes. out or play on my phone even or yeah. do something. Well, yeah, I do solo. think that that's it. I definitely think that's part because of when we eat in front of the TV, I get to zone out a little bit. So it almost turns yes. into me time. 
Um, yes. You know, and mm-hmm. so, yeah. All right. Uh, oh, wait. Well, okay. So this said, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, growing up to me, I do remember looking forward to family dinners growing yeah, up. Same. We had them um, all the time. When we were busy, we definitely, it was more like my middle school years, though, when we were really involved mm. in a ton of different sports. High school, it's like the sports became more focused. It's just like oh, one yeah. at a time sort of thing. Whereas yeah. I was in everything in middle school. And so were my yeah, brothers. You're, you're so. trying things. Yeah. 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 Um, but, um, okay. Yeah. So this is a this says that research that examined 5000 teenagers and it showed that when children eat with their parents regularly, they are more likely to be emotionally strong and have better mental health. Teens who ate regular family meals were also more likely to be adjusted, have good manners and communication skills. Um, And it said that it. Um, the happiness thing is not just restricted to children. It's also for moms. And it says mothers who ate with their families often were also found to be happier and less stressed as compared to mothers who did not. The thing is, I don't know. I don't know how much. I, I don't know. That. Because just to be you totally to honest make with you. dinner and. <laughs> well, know. it's more just like um, I might be happier because I'm spending time with my kids, like quality time with my kids. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd be less stressed. I'm not sure if. Anyways, yeah, anyway, so that doesn't really yeah. correlate. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, that's my no is just that, like, we have really been failing this on an ultimate level. And so once <laughs> I get through next week, we're going to try yeah. and do at least like even if we start with three dinners a week at the table again, we used to do it much more regularly. And so um, I want that to be the norm, not eating in front of the TV. So totally. I want my kids we to have too. the same we memories have... that I had. Oh, go ahead. Yes, and they will, you know, and I'm sure like when I look back, we didn't eat as much as I remember us eating at the table, if I Mm -hmm. really think about it. And I think your kids will remember eating at the table more than they do eating in front of the TV because over their (laughs) span of life, (laughs) but over their span of life, you are going to keep going back to the TV, the table, you know. So, yeah. All right. So that's my no. We're working on it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I hope I wasn't like too advicey there. I didn't mean to like. No, you weren't. I was just trying to be supportive and that. No, I get feeling bad. I would feel bad, too, because, you know what? We don't even have a (laughs) we don't even have a dining room table right now. So we don't have family dinners at all. And we just ordered one, but didn't go through anyway. (gasps) And I'm like, we really need to start doing this because I think that's why Evie won't eat her dinner. Is because we're um, um, Ben and I eat in front of the TV (laughs) and she eats so at the counter. Um, well, I think it's so much harder when the kids are young. I can guarantee yeah. you when we still had kids in high chairs. Well, Charlie's still in a high chair, but like when Ava was young, I, I don't actually yeah. remember a lot of those first two years at this point. We're just but... getting to the point where Evie's old enough that it's time to like yes. get her into the routine. Like before it didn't really matter. Yeah, she doesn't, exactly. I mean, doesn't care or no. Or... I do think that our kids eat better when we're at the table together. You yeah. Know? So, totally. but they're a little bit older still. So you got yeah. time. All right. So here's my hello, which kind of ties into the theme of everything that I've been talking about today, which is that mm-hmm. I am capable. And sometimes you just have to jump into something to learn. And I'm jumping into something <laughs> that makes me feel really <laughs> old. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm learning how to invest in like in the stock market. <laughs> I think it's so smart. <gasps> It's so confusing. It's a whole different language. And it's very 
male driven. Mm-hmm. So any advice stuff like it's very intimidating to go on Reddit, for example, and to look mm-hmm. at the investing pages. Mm-hmm. It's just like the stereotypical idea of a bunch of bros, but they're talking about mm. like money. And so yeah. it's like, oh, it's really yeah. like, ah. but the reason I'm bringing it up is because I'm, I'm proud of myself as a parent. I don't think I would have done this before I would have became a parent. I'm, you know, I have all these investing books. I've been thinking about it for years and then mm-hmm. I'm like, I just got to jump in. So what I did is I downloaded this app. It's called the stash app. What I like about it is like you, I'm starting with very small amounts here. I'm like just practicing, I guess, to kind uh-huh. of figure out how it works. Um, and the good thing about this is like they give you ideas like from, you know, experts that run the app. And um, you can do like very like I have five dollars invested in Apple. <laughs> Their <laughs> stock is normally like, I don't know, like 200 a stock or something. Amazon stock uh-huh. is like three thousand per stock yeah it's it's really wild so most people like me can't just afford to you know spend three thousand dollars on one stock um and then uh, you probably don't really want to buy right now because it's all wonky weird um yeah so i'm learning all the jargon (laughs) i can read as i can read as what do they call it like a stock graph uh (gasps) thing that's awesome Mm mm-hmm uh, and I know who George Soros is now. <laughs> so, first of all, you know what a lot of investing billionaires have in common? George Soros, William, or William Buffett. <laughs> um, what's the guy's name? Warren. Warren Buffett. They're oh. old. They started investing a long time ago, and they just like yeah. investing because it's a fun game, and they just stayed in it for so long that basically... Because, like, Warren Buffett didn't get rich until his 60s. Like, well, no, oh, he was rich. He didn't get to be, like, a billionaire. I mean, don't quote me on this. Don't quote me on anything. I'm just trying. I'm <laughs> trying so hard, and it's so confusing. Um, But basically... Yeah, I think I just want to, I want to be financially secure. Not like I need a lot of money, but I don't want to have to worry about money. <laughs> and I'd like yeah, to. Yeah, I want to be able to buy myself a pair of Doc Martens and not feel guilty about it. It's right? Yes. I want to be able to travel in the summers. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and that takes a lot of money to, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I think you can do it for less, but. To do it comfortably and really enjoy, enjoy your travel. I think that um, there was an article a while ago. I, I mean, this was years ago. I think it was even like a parent, uh, ma- parents magazine or something. And it was talking about how women are not nearly as good or savvy about things like investing or even things like having a retirement fund and re- refund. Um and that kind of stuff when it comes to work. Um, and I think that it's so true for me, too. Like, I don't understand the stock market at all. And I just I don't want that to. I don't know. To, I, to yeah. me, the stock market feels unnecessarily complicated because yeah. it's like it seems so much harder than it is because of the lingo. Like, the more I read, yeah. I'm like, OK, that makes sense. Why didn't you just like say it? <laughs> instead of i don't know doing your 
weird stock speak. It's just, it's also something yeah. I feel like you have, I had to dive into in order to mm-hmm. start learning. And oh, you're totally again, that's right. why I like this. I'm not, we like, we don't get paid for this or anything, but the stash app, I like that it's just, well, it's like $1 a month, which is really cheap. And it's just like getting your feet wet and figuring out how this works. And I'm only putting in money that I know I can lose right now. Um, yeah. And ideally over the long term, oh, maybe I'll make a little money on this. And then someday when we have a more significant savings, I'll put it in. Or just even just like knowing to get a financial advisor and being able to hold a conversation with that financial yeah. advisor about your goals and to find find a person who you can trust and you know that they're doing good things with your money like just to get to the point where i know enough to be confident that someone can't take advantage of me even yeah i think that's a big deal so well you sent me that text it was a quote or it was a clip video clip or something i can't remember who was in it but they were talking about women need to be financially stable on their own too it doesn't matter if you are a stay-at-home mom you need to be able to be at least savvy enough to be financially stable on your own if that circumstance ever comes and it is something that i because i don't even have like good credit enough to buy a car on my own you know and it makes me I really hate that I hate it so much that it's almost like I need Nick in order to oh, do anything yeah. like that you know what I mean so I just yeah, I think this is really cool about... I'm so proud of you thank you and it was kind of that uh video that I sent you that spurred this on is like well I think also being uh, is just you know, I it's a weird goal of mine, but it's not that weird the more I think about to be to know how to be financially independent or be financially yeah. independent someday. But it's more of an example to Evie, too, my daughter. Oh, yeah, like this is so true. You can do this, too, even though it's a very intimidating world. You're mm-hmm. absolutely capable. As a stay at home mom, I'm not contributing financially like there's no dollar amount. Yeah. And there's something very satisfying about me doing something with a little extra money that mm-hmm. can help us in the future. And yeah. that is just it's just another really rewarding thing. And I think that's kind of why, I mean, I'm like staying up reading about stocks, which is I so love it. weird. I think it's so awesome. Oh, thank you. I think it's, it's weird to me because it feels, do you ever feel a disconnect between your actual age and how yes. you feel? Like, yes. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm still 25, mm-hmm. but I definitely, and in so many ways, I'm just not 25 <laughs> at no. all. Especially uh, when I'm a 25-year-old. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't even, I don't even know what, what they would be like these days. <laughs> I went, so when I worked at the restaurant, this is a tangent, when I worked at the restaurant, um... I used to be like one of the young servers through when Nick and I first got married and when I before I even met him, you know, and then I started this job. uh, This was four years ago. So I was still like late 20s, like 28, 29. And I remember thinking there is a big difference between me at 28 and most of these girls at 21, 22, even 24, you know, it was like, I have a completely different life than them. And they were yeah. so fun. They did. They just had this like, um, so it wasn't anything bad. I just felt like that was the first time I've ever felt like, oh, I've aged 
I have aged. Yes. <laughs> oh, I remember a couple years ago, Ben and I were finally able to get out for um, a date, and we ended up at a bar, and it was all young kids who were like 21. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I had no idea I was old until this moment. I don't recognize any of this music. <laughs> Everyone in the bar. Well, I haven't been to a bar either in so long. Oh, and like, so yeah. it's like new 21 year olds and they're oh. all on their phones <laughs> the whole time. I, was just, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was. So um, strange. It was really, I was just like, I felt like an alien. Um, I guess yeah. there's, yeah, there's just, so I feel like I st- like doing st- learning about the stock market well first of all it's something that kids should learn about young like i'm getting evy like you just invest your money <laughs> when yeah. you're young you know to start with like little amounts here or there let's learn about the stock market is if you start young by the time you're 30 i mean you could really do pretty well if you invest it carefully um and maybe I'll do that for her. Yeah. But uh, I love it. Um, like one of my second cousins, he invested in Apple when he was really young. Um, and he's in his 20s now. And then he sold the stock so he could buy an iPad. But can you imagine how much money he'd have right now? Because they've increased <laughs> like by thousands of percents. And he bought that... this. It had to be 15 years ago. Oh, so I don't know. Lord. I'm going to. If Evie, I hope she's like, I just want her to be really financially savvy, I guess. I'm not going to yeah. like force it on her or live through her. But, you know, if she chooses That's to so invest funny. her allowance, I will certainly help her with that. Um, yeah. And then my dad's a banker, so I, I can't wait to kind of pick his brain over this. But you have to be careful. He can't tell me anything about where he works, obviously. But And that's the other daunting thing is like, I don't, am I going to get in trouble? Like I sold, like I bought this, um, it's called an index fund and I didn't like it because I bought, I realized I bought it at a bad time because the S&P 500 is really high right now. It's like at record highs and I did not buy it at a discount. I bought it at an <laughs> overmarked price. So anyways, I sold it and now I'm like, I had to pay taxes. I only earned like 35 cents on this. <laughs> so anyway, my point of this hello is I'm learning. I don't know. Just jump into it. I just want to motivate moms out there, you know, give it a go. This is great. See what happens. I, I can't wait yeah. for you to take me on vacation when you've earned your first million dollars through the stock market. <laughs> oh, that is a goal. I'd love to learn more, earn a million dollars or just like get it into get enough money into enough funds that are managed well to retire early. Yeah. And then travel. Absolutely. Yeah. And write a book and do whatever yes. I want. So, okay, <laughs> that's my hello. What's yours today? I'm going to talk about our current van debacle because we are really in a situation at the <laughs> Have moment. Have you named your van? We we need a name for your van because I feel like it's Ugh. got its own personality on the podcast. It does, but so trash what, tornado. So, <laughs> yeah. So what happened was I somehow lost one of our set of keys oh, and no. the the set that I lost had a house key and our main van key on it. Cause we don't know. We currently don't have like Nick's key or we haven't for years, like Nick's key or my key. We have the van keys and the Kia keys and they both have a house key. And then we keep our weird keys separate. Anyways, the point <laughs> is I lost one of these sets. It is either at work somewhere. And I've been in every corner of that giant no. building so often in the last <sighs> week that who knows or it's in a very weird place in our house because um, we it's been over a week now and I cannot find them for the life of me. And um, I know that they're not closet. in the van. 
Yeah, I need to. I know. Wouldn't that be so <laughs> No, weird? I'm just teasing you because you found, you know. At this point, we got to check everywhere. And, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's um, so frustrating. So we had to go to the fallback key. And the the key fob for the fallback key is real weird. Like the battery runs out really quickly and then it doesn't. <sighs> I, we don't know why it does that. Which is why we don't have like each have our own van key whatever um so the van is a push button start you know so it just needs yeah. to feel the key in its presence <laughs> it needs to feel the holy spirit in order to start <laughs> when you put that it that way it's kind of creepy like how does it know because <laughs> ours is the same way well it what's encouraging is it means that the keys are not in the van like i didn't lose them in the van i don't need to tear oh, the van apart because the van would start if they were there so but do you um, well do you ever think about like all the waves that are just around us at all times yes. because of like bluetooth and uh anytime that i put that my just phone have to fe- <laughs> yeah yep anytime i put my phone on my chest i'm always like mm, i feel like <laughs> or even in- to my ear I, i'm like yeah i just I, i'm like can it go through my brain it's it's gonna be like the thing in you know in 50 years like how people used to smoke cigarettes when they were pregnant and think it was healthy and anyways so the point is that uh yeah so i lost the key it's not great um so now we're using the backup key and the issue with the when I realized there was an issue, we I took all four kids to Walmart for a big grocery, like, you know, a cart and a half almost of groceries. <laughs> yeah. And um, we get back out to the car. Everyone's exhausted. And the key fob will not unlock the door. You know, usually because it's a, <sighs> it's a fob, you just have to touch the handle a certain way and all yeah. the doors will unlock. And it wouldn't do that. And then I realized the battery d- was dead. So that's a problem. No. You have to, like, <sighs> open up the fob to get to the actual key to unlock the yes. door. And I never knew it did this until this moment. But if you use the key instead of the key fob, the alarm starts to go off. Oh, why? So why the would Walmart they do that? It's still the right key, you know. I have no idea. We're in the Walmart parking lot. I unlock the doors. It immediately starts beeping. How do we traditionally get the beeping to stop? We hit the unlock button on the key fob that is not working. (laughs) I'm like sitting there. (gasps) All four kids are like, what's happening? I'm hitting the unlock button as many times as I can, hoping that helps. I start hitting the buttons inside the car, hoping that helps. Finally, I'm like, I have to figure out how to start this van without the like push button. So I... (laughs) Like, I figure out that you can pluck the push the button off and then the key fob is a weird shape and you plug the end of the key fob in and turn it. I had no idea. But the whole time this is happening, the alarm is going off. It's chaos. So now we just are not locking the van no matter what. (laughs) So it's just constantly. No strangers, please. No creepy. it's just constantly unlocked. Yeah. So it's like you have to choose if we're going to embarrass ourselves where literally wherever we go or <gasps> yes. we're going to risk it like this. So oh, anyways. it's awful. And key fobs are not cheap to replace. Uh, I've heard. I know. Aren't they expensive? Well, I haven't looked it up, but I am assuming that it would not be cheap. No, so, I don't um, think so. Mm-hmm. it's just it's a situation it's more so just like bothering me where are my keys i don't understand so yeah. um that's our that's our van situation at the moment i hate I looking for things too like that <sighs> like it drives me wild yes because i well, like especially... to hide my phone every now and then and i just <laughs> 
<laughs> That's kind of, this good. is one of it's those things where it's like, did Charlie, he's never hidden anything like this in the past, but that does not mean it didn't happen. Or yeah. I have a tendency when I'm running around to put things in weird places. Nick today, yes, I, I do. I do a lot of weird things in the fridge. Like we'll find things in the fridge that don't belong there. He found a big can of breadcrumbs in the fridge today. He was like, I'm assuming this was you. Uh, I yep. do that too. Ben will find the most random things in the yeah. refrigerator. I think it's, that's part of mom brain. So yeah, oh, probably it's probably on a weird shelf or I, I hope so. But in that case, I really would like to find them in the next week. So, um, oh, because now we only have one house key. So it's also like when one of us leaves in the morning, we have to figure out, OK, who is leaving last because you can't lock our house from the inside or like you can't lock oh, no. it and then shut the door. You can only lock it if the door is shut. Oh, so we gosh. have to what do an like ordeal. A, yeah, I, it is such an ordeal. It's just it's just so complicated and it still makes me laugh at the same time. But that's my hello is that situation. It's just this is where we are right now. So oh, there you go. Gosh. But all right. That's oh, all I got. Was, yeah 20th episode 20th hey. episode that's amazing you're doing this thing as we wrap up today's episode we want to hear from you email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com and tell us um do you invest give me all the tips yeah <laughs> if you email us we would love to read it during our next episode yay um and if you like what you heard today there are a few important things that you can do to help others find us make sure that you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts rate and review us and share us with someone else who you think might enjoy our show and don't forget follow us on instagram and facebook at lumpy mother podcast and on twitter you can find us at lumpy mother pod one and make sure to join us next Tuesday to see what motherhood has in store for our lives and yours. Bye.